0: board the battleship pretension i'm tyler smith i'm david Bax. and thank you for listening david yes how you doing over there well apparently my audio is unreliable there's Um, just a slight hitch and i can't quite figure out what it is i think it's a connection issue uh hopefully it's not it's not remarkably distracting i can still make out what you're saying okay um, but uh, hopefully, up. it'll we're work all, itself
1: out. Yeah, we're all having to make concessions. Um, I don't know, Tyler, if you are. Um, well, first off, you know what? I want to tell you about TwikTardio.com. TwikTardio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives. And here's what I was going to say, Tyler. Um, this pandemic has been going on so, for so long that I've gone through different stages of what I imagine the other end of it looks like mm-hmm. and whether or not I'm willing to say like, here's something I want to do quote unquote, when this is all over, you know what I mean? Um, so far, like theatrical movie release dates come and go, they're written in sand. They, <laughs> um, they're, they're, they're not real. Um, but I was thinking just yesterday because I was listening to, on my tweet already.com earbuds, uh, the, sing- the new single from the uh, uh, great French heavy metal band Gojira, which is a name that I know our guest uh, oh. will, will recognize. Um, and I was seeing that, so my birthday is in mid September, mm-hmm. September 17th, 2021, Deftones and Gojira are playing at the Greek Theater. And I started to think like, that would be a fun thing to do for my birthday. And I was like, how do I know? I don't know that we'll be able to do, I I don't know what things will be like in September, you know, uh, 13 months from now. Um, And I don't want to get my hopes up by making plans. Um, But... In the meantime, before I can go, well, I can't go see heavy metal in concert anymore. I can listen to it on my Tweak Audio earbuds, and it sounds great. Uh, they're available for a low, low price at tweakaudio.com. But if you use the offer code Pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweaked audio.com and use the offer code Pretension. Tyler, yes. How do I sound? Bad? Yeah. Why, why don't you Aaron, introduce are you, the guest? Aaron, are you getting it? You sound fine. I don't. I don't hear any.
0: Problem okay, so it might end. just be it might just be on my end. Like, and that's the. Well, other Well, if it's thing on your end, is, that means it's on the recording. Yeah, that's the other. Guess that, I guess that is true. Although you know what, uh, I've been surprised uh, that. Like there are times when I uh, would, you know, I'll record my lecture and uh, record the screening for, for my classes, and I'll notice like, oh, something's something seems a little bit off, and then I go back and look at the recording, and it was fine. Uh, so I, I can't. It's it's all it's all very strange. Uh, this new technology and something that is streaming apparently isn't always recorded which seems strange to me uh and counter to what i've been been led to believe but anyway so uh but i think the best way to deal with this is david if you can just maybe just eh, just zip it for a while yeah. you know let the guests and i talk to I'll our keep, hearts content keep mum mum is the word for di- for you david um but for me the word there're two of them The first one is Aaron, and the second one, what did I just tell you, David? (laughs) Uh, David's phone started ringing. Uh, So everyone now knows the first one's Aaron, and the second one is Newworth, our guest Aaron Newworth. Aaron, how you doing?
2: I'm doing great. I'm I'm glad to be, I'm going to say back on the show, but here's, so here's what I was thinking about this. I, I've, it's been a, beyond the commentaries, and even those are somewhat few and far between. Yeah, I feel like I, I, and as you know, I'm a listener of the show. I listen to you guys, and then furiously text you later on about things you talked <laughs> about weeks ago. Yeah, um, yep. but I feel like I might be the person that's been most mentioned in between being on this show, like being on real episodes of Battleship Retention. Like,
1: well, yeah, because we well. Back when we still left our homes, um, we would still see you all the time, <laughs> mm-hmm. like at, at, at screenings. So, uh, yeah, you would you would come up a lot, I think, because, yeah, we. in fact, we just mentioned you on a uh, Patreon episode that hasn't dropped yet, right? That's so, right. There you go. Yeah, it's so you know it's, that exact thing, like the the seeing you at screenings. Yeah, so, it was, and it was it was a, it was a mailbag
0: like question of like you know who who you love more than anybody else in the world. There was only <laughs> one answer, I'm sure. only one answer.
2: <laughs> like I was just I was thinking about that. I was thinking if I if we had to guess who has been on Battleship Retention more. A, a person you see at screenings all the time, talk about movies with and what have you, or movie star, Paul Walter Hauser, you'd probably think the first, but instead <laughs> it's actually movie star, Paul Walter Hauser in recent years.
0: <laughs> I'm sure he would love being referred to as a movie star, um, but uh, yeah, it is it is a weird thing. Uh, having friends and like like professional acquaintances, good friends, and then having them on the show is there are times when, uh, it feels as though it's like, oh no, well we, you know, we uh, we just had them on. Meanwhile, it could have been two, three years ago, but I'm yeah. we're interacting with them enough, talking about movies because mm-hmm. eventually uh, the lines between real life and podcasting just get blurred until they pretty much are insignificant. Um, uh, I know it. Yeah, yeah, of I, course. Yeah, you I, get
2: since it. I, since I, I host a podcast, so yeah, I like, and I talk to, I, we have weekly guests on featuring a variety of critics that I know because of going to screenings. So it's like, yeah, you you get confused between. Haven't seen you in a while, but I feel like I've just talked to you. Oh, it's because you're on on Sunday.
0: Yeah, it is. I mean, it really, uh, and it goes the other way uh, as well, where, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, David and I, we don't hang out very putting aside pandemic stuff like we don't hang out very much like we were talking about I think on the patreon like we uh we, it's been years since we've seen a movie together um but it doesn't feel like that because one way or another we are uh talking to each other regularly it just happens that everybody's listening in by everybody yeah. i mean Percentage wise, not a lot of people <laughs> in, in regards to like the state, uh, the the population of L.A. County, uh-huh. or even just Van Nuys. Um, I, but I yeah, people so, can
2: put us up in the uh, the the new and noteworthy section sometimes on iTunes. That's how I
0: like to think of it. Sure. Wait. Really? I I stopped paying every to, Yeah. I stopped almost, paying attention yeah. to iTunes uh, after a while. Uh, like we. Dropped oh yeah, rate out of and review the, us, guys. That's it's supposed true. to
1: be. It's supposed to be good for us.
0: Yeah, it's uh people. And if have... we
1: were good at self promotion, we would be saying that A lot of the podcasts I listen to, as part of like every episode, they're like, "Hey, rate and review us on iTunes." I never think to do it. I, I never think to do
2: it. I'm not. It's, it's you. You guys are looser in format. I. I mean, in, it's ingrained in my mind, so
0: I know just to say it. Yeah. Yeah, it's ours at best. Is hey, if you think of it, yeah, uh, <laughs> feel free to do this. Um, meanwhile, no, I don't if think I don't think I've see, rated us. If, if you're looking to find the latest crime
2: podcast, and you happen to be like, oh yeah, I listened to Battleship Retention like three weeks ago. Maybe yeah. I'll search them and give them old gold uh, star rating reviews. A little much. I mean, typing words come on, but still.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> there. Will be times that. I mean this happens obviously with everybody like I'll be playing a, a game on my phone and it's a game I return to over and over again let's say uh, gardenscapes I play a lot of gardenscapes and sure. um and so it'll pop up and it'll say like do you love this game and my first thought is like well first off I don't like you phrasing it that way um just say like like is fine um and I say yes I do and then it says And then another thing pops up is like, you know, rate us, rate us on iTunes. And then I'm like, okay, so I click it. And then like, it opens up the iTunes app. I'm like, hey, 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 easy there. I didn't say I wanted to go to another app. If you can make this easy so that I can rate you right now without leaving and with a minimum of effort, I will do it. But now you're opening a second app and now using my thumb, uh, I have to get rid of this whole other thing before I can get back to losing at GardenScapes. Yeah.
2: well, you'll do, like, three other things on your phone that do not really require your attention, necessarily. Oh, my, yes. You could have easily done the thing that the phone's asking you, the phone, the app, yeah. the company, the people that are hard at work updating this app for you that you want to play, <laughs> doing them a simple favor. is like, I mean, I could say, yeah, it's pretty fun. I, I like it. I yeah. recommend it to people. But I have, like, 700 words I need to type about this other movie in between the times that I'm playing this game. So, you know, screw you, app telling me what to do. Here's the way I look at it.
0: I just gave gardenscapes uh, some pretty good publicity to a certain extent. More than uh, this show. Uh, <laughs> you know, everybody go and rate gardenscapes for me. Uh, that would be great. Um, but yeah, so Aaron, yeah, we certainly have not had you on the show since the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how, how are you doing? How are you holding up? I mean, as
2: you can see, like, I'm doing pretty well. I I was rocking a beard and more of an Afro-ish type uh, presentation for a while, and then I got a haircut and shaved. I'm actually impressed to see that you guys' beards are fairly, you know, sheen. I was expecting a little more of Jeremiah
1: Johnson going. I've gone the opposite way I think as a way of like maintaining sanity I'm exercising right. more eating healthier and have increased my like grooming regimen and like unlike my 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 wife who spends all day in her pajamas every day even while she's working if she doesn't have to like uh go out once I'm done with like my morning exercise and walk whatever and I shower and I shave I put on my products and whatever like and then I get dressed like i get dressed in my clothes for, for for the day and like uh yeah i have uh to as a as a, a proactive effort to maintain my sanity i have uh taken and if i'm it might sound like i'm bragging but i've taken pretty good care of myself during this well, pandemic you're,
2: good. you're doing good i mean you got this matrix like filter on your screen right now so i don't know yeah. what to do but, I, I mean it's very sort of- it's
0: very sickly, David.
1: I'm not sure why it's green. Like it's not. I guess my wall's green, so it's bouncing off of that. I yeah, guess. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: that be if your wall is green. Yes, that's a good reason. I I, and I, I, don't have to hear from Tyler. I know Tyler Swole Smith over here. He's been doing all the kinds of things,
0: right? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I, I wound up. Uh, there, there is a little sort of hiccup in my schedule, which really threw me off as far as my exercising. Uh, but I got back into it and, uh, and I've been enjoying it. Obviously tons of quotes around enjoy. Um, I enjoy, <laughs> I remember Jen, Jen asked like, cause I was, I was feeling up, uh, frustrated with myself cause I hadn't exercised and she goes, she goes, well, you know, what, what do you want uh, to do? And I was like, I want to have exercised. uh not i don't want to exercise i want to be done with it and then continue with my day Hmm. um it's the opposite of how i feel about cupcakes
1: tyler which is that i always enjoy eating a cupcake sure in the moment that i have eaten a cupcake i regret it my stomach hurts my teeth are all like sugary and i sure uh, and, and, and i hate it so yeah uh if if exercising felt like eating a cupcake and having eaten a cupcake felt like having exercised, that would be, that's what I'm asking the genie for.
0: Although imagine, would, imagine would that count eating- as one wish. <laughs> <laughs> would the genie think- allow me to go with <laughs> it? It all depends on commas and semicolons, David. <laughs> um, can you imagine how what a hellish existence it would be to eat a cupcake that you hate, but a, but you know that when you're done with it, you'll you'll be happy. Um, yeah. Just 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 muscling your way through that yeah, every day,
2: every day. You <laughs> builds up to it <laughs> exactly.
0: Oh fuck, I gotta eat this cupcake. Uh, um, Five thirty. It's it's <laughs> filled with nutrients. Um, but yeah, so uh no and and Aaron as you uh, as you uh you mentioned getting a haircut. I actually got a haircut yesterday up until Which recently. <laughs> I'm sorry we there was a big blip and 14, I didn't hear what you said. Wait, wait for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah, so uh good god. Good god. I should have I should have seen that coming. <laughs> I've known you for 21 years at this point, which is insane to even say out loud. That's uh, true, yeah. And yet I uh sometimes you surprise me by just being you. Um <laughs> but uh but yeah, and I kind of miss my long hair, but I will say like I didn't have like I can't live with like a like a big bushy beard like one that's like where the hair is like more than half an inch long or maybe even one, uh, a full inch. Um, but I did, you know, after getting the haircut, suddenly my beard looked pretty scraggly. So I shaved that down and uh, and yeah, and I do try to to maintain sanity. It's like, well, if I'm home all the time anyway, like for example, it's a little bit warm in my house right now, despite the wonderful weather we've been experiencing. Oh, lately. beautiful. Um, Great. But it's a, bit, it's a bit warm in my house. But you know what? I still put shoes on to record because I it's to work psychologically. Yes, I'm working. You know, mm-hmm. um, same as like I've been wearing shorts lately. But like I put on even there, even though it's just jeans, I put on pants to do this because I'm working. You know, um, and you guys might call yeah. me out and say, uh, "Oh, I'm sorry. Is it casual day, Tyler? <laughs> you know, that's what I'm expecting."
1: Um, yeah i'm uh, also wearing pants and shoes uh, although I did mix myself a drink, which I don't do when i'm at my actual work
0: right I'm, i mean not I'm more excited know. for
2: i'm i'm more excited for because I just listened to um our, our mutual friend Terrence on the podcast talking about making you a riddler costume, so I'm waiting for when that starts yeah. to for the podcast, like i that. I
0: will need to do a lot more exercising because again, as i've said before uh yeah i I can't let myself dress like the Riddler until I have the build of the Riddler. Um, Fair. So that's probably going to be never. It's a good, I, it's
2: yeah. a good goal. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say you have to be like you have to be like Ed Gorshin Finn.
0: Uh Sure. But, uh, Frank, Frank, Gorshin, Frank, Frank Gorshin, Gorshin, Frank Gorshin. Ed Nigma. Ed Nigma Frank Gorshin. Frank, Gorshin. Uh, Frank
2: Gorshin. Um, uh, By the way, I listened to Terrence's show because. I listen to a lot of podcasts. It's hard right now because I generally listen to when I'm driving to LA or doing other work. So it's like I have a whole backlog of podcasts that I can't have the feasible time to listen to all of them. So my solution is I'll just listen to ones where black guests are on the podcast. And that really cuts down the time. Which episode?
1: yeah there aren't yeah and sadly there you won't there's not a lot of battleship pretension to listen to uh we keep asking mm-hmm. and they keep
0: saying no it's weird they, i don't know what it is that, like that yeah. group of them in that they, corner because they because they all talk with each other and say hey we're not <laughs> really cool with bp right yeah. um <laughs> but uh yeah it's um <laughs> it is it is interesting and we've talked about this a little bit uh you know a little uh, peek behind the scenes you know like our numbers are are down pretty much the moment the pandemic started like the numbers went down and it helps you to realize oh, like yeah. some people listen while they're at work the the number of people over the years who've said hey i used to work in a warehouse and i listened to you while i was working in a warehouse there's i've, I've heard that from like five people um and then, of course, you just come to realize, like, I yeah, didn't know the I warehouse
2: guess. was still open at that point when you guys started the show.
0: You mean the what? Do you mean like the warehouse, the chain? The warehouse. Yes. I, I don't I think see. I. I don't think I. Oh, oh, W E A R. Got it. Okay. Yes. I just discovered. It's like a private part. Private parts, w e a r W E A R. W <laughs> E A R. Uh, But no, I just because uh, I heard that Men's Warehouse yeah. is closing, and as I looked it up, well, I didn't look it up. And as I was reading about it, people stopped liking the way they would look. Yeah. <laughs> well, he couldn't guarantee it anymore.
1: Yeah. yeah like, in these the trying problem. times, I hope you understand. We can no longer guarantee you're gonna <laughs> right. like the way you look. <laughs> goes,
2: the, the virtual the virtual setups were not working from the waist down. So like, <laughs> I can
0: half guarantee how you're gonna look, but. I would love that level of honesty. It's like, you're gonna like the way you look. We'll do our best. <laughs> um, but uh, but no, as Dark I was looking States at
2: the- Warehouse, got it. Okay, we're really advertising here today.
0: The, yeah, gosh. Well, you know what? I can't advertise for Men's Warehouse anymore because it's going out of business. Uh, and as I was looking at it, I was like, oh, Men's Warehouse spells it W-E-A-R. Uh, and I thought like, Oh, I don't think I ever realized that. Not that I give a whole lot of thought to men's warehouse, but, right. uh, but it's just, it's like that Berenstain bears thing. Um, except it's men's like warehouse. once you,
1: once you see the arrow in the FedEx logo, you can't oh, not sure. see it. Or the, uh, Tostitos logo is like two people dipping chips in salsa. The T's are like people and the O is a bowl of salsa. And, uh, uh took me forever to see that. Now I can't unsee it but yeah you bring up a. Uh, uh, we'll get to movies in a second i swear um but uh yeah this has been a sad uh week in terms of some of my favorite just you know businesses closing it's it's very sad uh it's it's inevitable but the um uh, a couple things I want to give a shout out to the uh, uh, Simsies location in Burbank, which is where uh, front of the show editor at large Scott and I and, and I and our wives played trivia every Sunday for like three years, uh, is closed for good. Um, and uh, uh, also, one of me and wife's favorite uh, date night spots downtown, Baco Mercat, uh, uh, closed closed for good this week. So um, feeling very sad about that.
0: There was a. There was. A, I've mentioned this before. In my neighborhood, there was a video store called Star Video, which opened up in 2015, and it was not able to withstand the pandemic. Uh, it hung in there. I mean, like it started after video stores were closing down, yeah. And it was doing fine, and then of course this happened. So I drove by it and saw, you know, it was boarded up, and it said for lease. And that that really, I actually had a, an emotional response to it. Like it really bummed me out. Um, and then, of course, I mean it's not the business anymore, but uh, uh, the the building where Meltdown Comics was uh, burned down, burned to the ground. Yeah.
1: So, you know, yeah, they, yeah, That's a Battleship Retention connection. It is um, that I didn't even think about when I was seeing pictures of that fire. It didn't even occur to me. Yeah, that's uh, where we we did all our live shows. 10 Twenty ten, twenty eleven. There
0: quite a bit, and uh, yeah, that was I uh, was a shame to hear. Yeah, they were, they were always, uh, always very good to us over there, but, um, but you know what, there are other things to be sad about, Yes, including uh, this is something, you know, so for many years, I often said that one of my favorite character actors was Wilfred Brimley. And when I would say that to people, invariably, they would, they would reference diabetes or Quaker Oats. And I get that, you know, he became sort of the spokesman for these, these things. Um, And it is a shame that that is, that that is how people remember him uh, because, and he did just, he did just pass away. Um, And it's a shame that that's how people remember him because man, like Anytime he was on screen in any kind of movie, you always knew they're like, all right, well, at least this part of the film is going to be really reliable. Like I always thought thought of him as a remarkably reliable actor who could bring, he could bring a sense of decency or a sense of menace. Like it, it's really interesting that he had, I mean, he, you know, it's not like he went and did like crazy accents. He he was always this type of, you know, uh, no nonsense kind of guy, but he could he could twist it one way or another and turn it into whatever he needed to be. He's a he's a villain in the firm, uh, and then the, oh, you just for the first time?
2: Yes, I had not seen the firm before, and it was on Netflix, so I was like, let's let's do this. It's really I, I rewatched it recently. I think it's really good. It it it's quite good. It's quite entertaining, and he's certainly like he's he's a a nefarious presence in that movie and, yeah and, and, and intimidating and you know he's like you got tom Cruise here he's a spry young man but like who for brimley like yeah he's a bigger guy but like he brings a certain level of you don't think of him as like a big bear type of actor necessarily yeah. like as far like a, like a like a friendly bear you think of him like as like this guy who just feels imposing
0: when he's on screen imposing is great yeah like he can be he can seem like a like a delightful maybe curmudgeonly teddy bear like in uh one of the ewok adventures but then like you just twist it a little bit and you suddenly realize like man this guy takes over a room you see him at the end of absence of malice he -hmm. shows up he's that he hasn't been in the film before he shows up and suddenly everyone in that movie is like, okay, I'm just going to listen to this guy. And he has to, he has to take over the the screen and he does. And, and I, I love uh, I really do love him in the firm. Like he has a few really great lines, but like, you know, he's head of security for the firm, which means he has to like get dirt on everybody. And I remember at one point somebody asked like, it's like, well, how did you, you know, how did you find that out? And he goes, he's like, "What do you think I do here? I'm the fucking night watchman," you know. And it's and it's like, it, and he he just delivers it in such a way that like, because he also despite you know like when you see the way he looks you kind of get the impression that he's got you know kind of a a street smart kind of thing or a or a down home type of wisdom but he does he also exuded intelligence which is how he could play a scientist uh like and not only a scientist but the smartest scientist the the first one to figure it all out in the thing and uh he just he was a he's just one of those, those actors that admittedly, everybody knows who he is. They know what he looks like. They know how he sounds. Um, but because, and because of that, uh, I think people sort of gave him a place in, in, in the world of movies and TV, uh, as like, Oh yeah, he's the Quaker Oats guy who did some acting. Uh, but like, if you look at the number of movies that he was in in like the seventies, eighties, nineties, and the role that he played in them, like, he was always he he wasn't like a fun little cameo like he played full-on characters and and was wonderful uh in them and uh and so it's one of those things where like uh i i i mean he was an older guy and so it's not as though he was like taken from us too soon or anything like that but uh i was because of his death like i i didn't want and thankfully, this has not been the case. There have been a lot of articles written about the type of actor he actually was, mm-hmm. and I'm grateful for that, but uh, but I was I was eager to use the opportunity to talk about how much I've always responded to him as an actor um, and uh, and how refreshing he always was. Like I went and rewatched, I haven't seen China Syndrome in a long time. Uh, I do own it. I feel like I should rewatch it, but uh, there's a scene early on that he has with uh, Jack Lemmon. And I rewatched that scene where his character, it just has a decent, again, a decency to him, but also is fiercely intelligent. And he picks up on something uh, that other people don't. And so like, he realizes like, oh, I'm going to get blamed for some, some stuff here. And then Jack Lemmon says, what makes you think they're looking for a scapegoat, uh, scapegoat? And he pauses and he just says, tradition. And he says it in a way that is mournful, but it and funny and cynical and it's it really is just he's i find i i always found him to be kind of an electrifying actor and i imagine most people would not have described him that way but boy i really really loved him so sorry i wound up talking more longer than no, i thought I'm, i was going to that's, i apologize yeah it's oh my gosh and then i i, res- I posted this on twitter uh he w- uh, in 2011 he was on uh the late Late show with craig ferguson and his mustache was even bigger and it was one of those things where it's like you can't even really see his mouth move uh which is hilarious because you know you see you you hear him saying stuff and you just like this is like a weird ventriloquist act um and go back and watch that go watch that interview it's on youtube and he is just a delight
1: uh, and you and I were also talking off Mike about his episode of Seinfeld where he's the postmaster general. That's a, a Damn right. terrific turn. And probably, the, the, I mean, I watched The Natural a number of times as a kid. It was one of my dad's favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think uh, the that Seinfeld episode is probably the 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 thing that sticks out the most in my mind
0: of Wilford Brimley. Now, we got a bunch of mail back there. Now, you want that mail, don't you, Mr. Kramer? And just, oh, <laughs> just comes in. <laughs> well it's my job and i'm pretty and i'm pretty damn serious about it or whatever it is he says anyway so we can we can move on but i just wanted to because i knew that we weren't going to be doing we weren't going to be doing a profile of him as much as i would have loved to do that uh but i did want to devote some time to him and, and and uh Invariably, like any time a, a, a writer, director or an actor passes away, there's somewhere some where I'm, I'm like, oh, that's unfortunate. But that's the thing is like there's always there's going to be someone out there for whom this writer, director or actor means it, they're just as passionate about that person as I am about Wilfred Brimley. So I want it like this is one I really wanted to, to focus on. But we can move on. Aaron, he was.
2: You can do a stealth profile and do, or like, by like doing like a commentary session where you have like the thing, China Central, <laughs> for <laughs> conspiracies,
1: conspiracy movies. Well, we haven't uh, mentioned Wolverine. Cocoon, which was, uh, I, I yeah, think to a lot of people, fun. that's a that's one of the big big ones uh, for him. Um, although it's weird to think he was playing like an old man in a movie that's like almost 40, or it's like 35 years old, uh, yeah. I guess. Well, that's... That that's like Max von Sydow. It's a Sydow
2: syndrome in The Exorcist, where like everyone just assumed Max von Sydow was always ninety-five years old. Like, <laughs>
0: yeah. A <bit> a- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was looking at because I've been listening to the audiobook book of uh, Needful Things. I was going and watching like clips from the movie, and you know, when I first saw it, I was like in high school, so it was it was the '90s, and I watched it, and Max von Sydow, uh, of course, looked very old there as he was supposed to. You look at it now and you realize like, oh, he's pretty spry actually, <laughs> uh, back in that one, you know. Um, but uh, but yeah, so, so Aaron, my question to you, mm-hmm. what have you been watching lately? What have I been watching? See, see, I prepared.
2: I have a whole doc that I've divided into sections because I've watched so much stuff, and I want sure. to. See. I'm not going to get to all of it, obviously, but I don't want to be like here puttering around thinking, "What have I watched?" I know what I've watched, guys. Let me I you. can't. I can't wait.
0: I, I love know. when a guest is prepared. Yeah. Two things. Number one, I don't think I was accusing you of not knowing what you were watching. No, so... no, I think no, I as, oh, I, 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 was. as I, I was, I you, was like, just, we're, I, I was to like, this, like, we're going to see this to guy, this guy sweat.
1: <laughs>
2: I listen to this show. I know what guests you have. They're not prepared for the question that you'd expect to have on a movie podcast. Uh, I know I'm, I'm ready,
0: but they make up for with charisma. So obviously <laughs> you're prepared. Yeah, sure. That, that's what it is. I am curious. Uh, what are the, what are the, what are the different sections though? Like how on, how have, do you uh, categorize? I have, new, I have new
2: releases. First time. This is, I just threw this together. So it's not like a fancy database, uh, but new releases, first time watches, I watched a lot of black movies because reasons. Um,
1: <laughs> <stuff>. Sorry, <laughs> just you cut out. You watched on. a lot of what? Uh, black movies? Black
2: movies. Oh, okay. Um, I, I have this weird section of Meg Ryan movies I've watched because, like, <laughs> I, I watched the, uh, watch the Tom Hanks trilogy, vs. Volcano, sure. uh, Seattle, You Got Mail. You have uh, never the seen You Got Mail? Ah, that's just a delight. It's,
0: real, it. it's really good. I'm
1: sure. I'm sure it is. I love them. I love you know the I'm sure just it's good. Bl-
2: Just, just blind by that Blu-ray because it comes with the shop around the corner with the blue. It's like you get that yeah. whole disc.
1: Oh, that's like, like the um, the Truth About Charlie DVD came with Charade. That's right.
2: Yeah, but then you'd have to watch The Truth About Charlie and you'd have a bad <laughs> version of Charade where you could just go to Criterion and then you got a Blu-ray of Charade. Could, yeah, you. yeah,
1: it was a shitty transfer. But uh, I don't know. i defend The Truth About Charlie. I'm a... Uh, that's uh, a Jonathan, Jonathan Demi, you rather yeah, die. Is that an appropriate
2: term? You're a truther?
1: <laughs> that hasn't been uh, claimed by anybody, right? De- Demi, die hard. <laughs> um, all right, well, I want to... Uh, I, I want to... So this... Uh, I'm glad you have a first time watch list, and that's fantastic because that's if you had asked me before uh, this quarantine pandemic thing started, if this terrible thing happened, what would you do? What would your silver lining be? And I would have said, Oh, I'm going to get to a bunch of movies that I've always meant to watch. And what I couldn't have uh, uh, predicted is that, A, and I know that I'm fortunate because a lot of people are out of work during this, but my. Job, My job is so fucking busy right now um, that I don't have as much free time as I would have thought I would. And also, one other thing I couldn't have predicted is that the VOD premiere release schedule would be so robust that I would be swamped with new movies to watch. I reviewed eight movies this week. I wrote, I wrote eight movie review, reviews this week, so I have not been catching up on the first time uh, uh, views that I that I thought I would. I watched Hidden Fortress for the first time like two weeks ago. That's like yeah. the one thing I've been able to scratch off my list.
2: I reviewed six, seven, eight movies this week too. Actually, I think you know, right. David.
0: Oh, do, we do have writers. You can do what we what we usually do and pass those along if you're, you know, if you're not interested. Um. No, I mean, some or is it that you're always, up? you're always interested.
1: I generally pick stuff that I'm interested in. Some of them don't turn out. Uh, um, you wanted to so know well. if she died tomorrow or not. Hey, that was a highlight. I'm so glad I watched she dies tomorrow. That was great. Did you watch that one, uh, Aaron? Yeah, I saw
0: it. Yeah. You Aaron, Aaron, your thoughts on the tax collector. Did you see it? I
2: saw the tax collector. Yes. I wrote about that this week. It's a, it's a movie. It's the sure. worst. I, I, I read your review. I, I'm a little kinder to it because I just thought it was aggressively fine. I, I didn't find it to be grossly offensive. I was glad that you, unlike a lot of other reviewers who clearly watched the, or maybe not clearly watched the movie, but you pointed out how Shia LaBeouf is the most compelling presence in it. And it feels like, it's very obvious that he's playing a white guy who's grew up in a certain kind of environment, and that's why he acts a certain way. where yeah. I've read a lot of reviews that don't seem to want to reflect this. they just want to accuse the movie of doing things and like right I mean you can be mad at the movie for other reasons. God knows David Ayer is not a great filmmaker all the time, but the 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 aspect here is not something controversial. He's like, I get the character, yeah I, I just yeah, that's a whole other topic as far as
1: but it is it is it is even with getting people want to be even with getting the character it is a little bit uncomfortable when he slips into that accent
2: i don't just dis- i don't disagree you know I I like I, I mean he's called I just, people homes
1: it's a uh,
2: i get i get that i just i know people like i like david ayer is like is a person like that he's has he's has that kind of background like i get yeah, it i'm yeah. not saying it's necessarily appropriate but as far as the character goes i see what he's doing i'm more concerned with why would you put a giant tattoo like get a chest tattoo for this role that's not going to be seen on screen i just don't understand like cool for being method at all but
0: aaron don't cool. you worry we address this in the movie journal and i'm i'm okay, here good. to tell you that tattoo is well exploited in the publicity photos um so they've they've got you covered which, on which that.
2: everyone that's lining up to see the tax collector a movie that would have broken the bank at the box office was surely going to be like oh man here comes Creeper
0: with his tattoo. <laughs> That's the other thing. I mean, you know, David mentioned mentioned this. So like David Ayer is he's not it's not like he's a he's an event filmmaker, but he is a pretty high profile filmmaker. When he makes a movie, it usually gets some some press behind it. And I know that we're living in a in a time where uh, you know the concept of press for anything that's VOD is, is different than what it normally would be. But I, it does make me wonder like, what was the, what was the overall plan for this movie? Were they, were they still gonna release it this time of year? Was it gonna have a wide release or a limited release? Like, I'm not really sure, but like, you know, David Ayer Ayer movies, it's not a big
2: studio, that's the thing. It's not like it's coming out of Warner Brothers or something. Yeah. It's coming out of a smaller mm-hmm. studio. It would have been a fairly small indie release yeah. that would have got attention for the exact reasons it has attention. It would have made you know a nickel at the box office and then be top-rented on iTunes for a week sure. and then go away. Sure.
0: <laughs> Yeah, so that's because true. we're talking about it as much as we are. That's what. That's the game plan right there. Oh yeah, so we've played right into their into their hands. Oh, that's yes, on me. Gardenscapes,
2: Men's Warehouse, Tax yeah. Collector available on VOD now.
1: Should I? I'm th- I'm just thinking. Should I get a chest tattoo? And <laughs> have we been manipulated by Big Chest Tattoo? Are we now <laughs> <laughs> shilling I, I thought- on behalf of Big Chest Tattoo?
2: I thought you guys both had like half of a ship on you since like 2007. Yeah, sure, exactly. You haven't changed the name of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, what I
0: was what I was going to say towards, is Towers <laughs> back says welcome, and David <laughs> says aboard. That's right. Yes, and because uh, we used to hang out shirtless. Right next to each other all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure when you first got when you guys first got to
2: L.A., like every weekend, Venice was that that was the thing. Be, absolutely, like, sure. yeah. We'd strap yeah, on our Beach. rollerblades
0: and yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, rollerblades. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny just a picture, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Aaron,
1: do you do you have any tattoos? Tyler does. I do not. Are you tattooed? Uh, no, I'm. I'm not a
2: tattoo guy. I have nothing against people that have tattoos, but uh, as a both. Being one that just doesn't have much of an interest in it, and as a Jew, I just I don't uh, don't have a real real you know reason to want to get attention.
0: I definitely know plenty of Christians that are very much against tattoos, and I uh, was not raised in, in, a, in an environment where, like, my parents had tattoos. In fact, very few of the people that I knew had them. Uh, and then uh, suddenly, and but I don't think I was ever actually against them. And then just uh, I always thought it'd be neat to have one. I sometimes forget that I have one, um, even though it is uh, pretty prominent. Like it's right here on my arm. It's very easy to see. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's just a thing that you just get used to and then it's like, oh yeah. So and then someone's like, what's your tattoo? And I'm just like, what? What are you talking about? Oh, right, yes, this. And then I have to explain that it's a, that it's a spoiler. <laughs> tattoo? <laughs> yeah, what is this tattoo you're talking about? Um, I think I might get a tattoo. What would it be, David? What would be your tattoo? I've thought
1: of a lot of different uh, uh, ideas. I, I've always wanted to have a tattoo, but I've never been able to commit to anything. But um um I feel like I've wanted something maybe to, to like to to commemorate that I am a uh I'm Missourian, like Illinois and Californian uh in different ways, you know? I mean I lived in Illinois for four years, but uh uh something to commemorate
0: the various states of America that I've lived in. Sure. Although I, I know, know that you don't think of yourself as a Missourian. You think of yourself as a, well, saint, I, as a, I said, as a that I was, was in, you. in,
1: in transit. Oh, I see what you mean. Um, uh, no, I just, I, I do think of myself as a Missourian. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, increasingly, I, I think I said in a recent episode, I'm getting to a point where I think of myself as an Angelino first. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, well, I mean, sure. But, sure. Yeah. It's been, I mean, it's been 15 years. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I feel, said, I've, heard of yeah. I feel more of a connection to Los Angeles than St. Louis at this point, although I still root for St. Louis sports teams because that's sort of uh, that's like a tattoo; it's not going away. When you're, uh, I've never been able to understand people who switch sports team allegiances. I I, I can't uh, uh, I I can't imagine.
2: I can to a degree. Like my dad's from Maryland, and he used to be. I mean. He he was he was never much like he's a baseball he likes all sports but baseball is the one we bond over um, and he like he was for like Orioles to a degree but coming out here and he's been here for most of his life now he's an Angels fan he likes the Angels oh, okay. um, and then the the Washington Nationals started up again and he like he, he's like he's cool with the Nationals but at the same time he's like no I like the Angels like that's who I follow I like following the Angels. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but he's a Redskins I,
2: fan for life. I can't say that anymore. He's a Washington football fan. Washington football team <laughs> fan, yeah. That, I realize that that's... Which a- he recognizes, by the way. He's like, yeah, I get it. Like, he's not upset
0: about this. He's like, yeah. okay, like that's it. It is more, I mean, that's that's obviously like a placeholder until they come up with another name, right?
1: Yeah. But it's, isn't it so, like, that, their previous name didn't just start being offensive or just start being called out as offensive. How did I just? How did they not have a backup plan ready to go? Like, how are they in such denial <laughs> yeah. for so long? It, it seems like like the only explanation for how long they hung on to that name should have been we were really perfecting the logo design for our new name, not like oh this blindsided us and I guess we're gonna have to go a season just being uh, Washington Football Club or whatever. I think it's. I think By the it's way, it's it's a,
2: it's, a yeah, it's nine o'clock. You're talking with David Tyler and Aaron on a Battleship
0: Sports Talk. You know, yeah, you
2: know. <laughs> no, it's a it's a, it's a heavy day. It's a heavy. It's a heavy topic.
0: I do think that like any any institution that is as you know reliable and successful as you know the NFL, um, I think it's entirely possible for them to think like yeah, we're not, we're not changing. No one's asking us to change. Some people are saying we're offensive. This thing is offensive, but that's not hurting our business at all. So we don't have any reason to, so I could, see, I could see there being this feeling of like, well, that's, I mean it's always going to be this way.
1: This that's what this uh, the, the recent uh, spate of terrible events and the ensuing protests have uh, moved the needle more and more quickly uh um than anything i've seen in in my lifetime to the point where it is i mean i mean it feels like i'd like to th- you'd love to think that all these you know that um that the NHL has these like the signs in the uh, arenas where they're playing the playoffs and say, we skate for black lives. I love that to be because the NHL really feels that in their heart. Well, what it is, is the needle has moved to where now that's, it would be, not, it would be unprofitable not to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
0: and it's, you know, as I've said before, and it's a weird, it's a, it's a weird thing ever since I was a kid. Like I, I always felt a certain degree of, mournfulness and anger about like what happened to native Americans. I don't know why that is like why that group, especially when I was a kid, I mean, obviously like when you're, when you're a kid, like of a certain age, you play like cowboys and Indians and the Indians are often like the bad guys just because it's what you, it's, it's not what you know. Um, but for some reason, like I always, it always bothered me, uh, when I was a kid and that has, that has remained, um, as an adult, so much so that, like, I mean, it's 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 amusing, but like that that line in uh, about Schmidt, where he go he visits a, a museum, and he goes. And he's talking about Native Americans, like, those guys got a raw deal. And he goes, just a raw deal. And it's like, it's wonderfully delivered by Nicholson. But it is something that, like, when I think of something like, you know, the Atlanta Braves or the Redskins, and I'm obviously not a a sports person, but I still know names. uh, And I did have this thought, it's like, what was that? That's me, too. I'm not a sports person, but I do know the names. And so it's just like, you know whether it be the Indians with chief Wahoo and the Braves with that horrifying chant and that sort of thing. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think, I don't consider like Braves as a name to be necessarily offensive, but it is, it's capitalizing on something. Yeah. Like it's there. Pro- if I had to guess, I would say there's not a big, uh, uh, representation of native Americans anywhere in the Atlanta Braves, uh, ball club there. And so in a way it's like, Yes, go ahead and change your name, and yes, that will cost a great deal of money to do when it comes to merchandising and that sort of thing. But I think I w- it would mean more to me if, while you're changing your name, you're also giving a lot of money to uh, like a Native American-related charity. And this this is you know this is not usually my brand uh, as someone who says uh, they should give money to a charity that benefits a certain group uh because why pick one group over another like it's just but for some reason like there are certain things that i'm more passionate about and and yeah like they're changing they're changing the name now that there's more risk in not changing the name and so it's like well but now i want you to do more if you're willing to do that uh it's, it's that idea. It's like, I feel like you're not sacrificing anything right now and you're not risking mm. anything. And I feel like, I don't know, it's, it's something that, that, that gets me. Like if you're going to, for it to be more than just a gesture, uh, I feel like there needs to be this other element, like maybe commit a percentage of your, of your overall earnings. Like if you're willing to earn money based on this name that you recognize is potentially offensive and so you want to get rid of the name, it's like, then maybe take some of that money and, and put it, you know, towards this other thing that may not have been directly harmed by your, by your name, but uh, certainly didn't profit off of you using it.
2: These are a lot of complicated thoughts on the tax collector, let me tell you.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. One, you know, it's interesting. One of the, one of the uh, iTunes reviews we got had to do with our discussion of politics, specifically, if you'll pardon me, David's discussion of politics. And, uh, and uh, now, now here and I am, I'm was... doing the same thing.
1: This person was cheering me on.
0: They Absolutely, one hundred percent. They said more, please. Get rid of this movie shit. <laughs> um, I want more news. Thank you. Uh, but uh, but yeah, but I can't. You know, I I can't help but. Uh, and well, I guess I did. I didn't realize that I had that strong and of an opinion about it, but I guess I do.
1: Well, speaking of news, Aaron, what are some of the new to you movies that you watched? <laughs> <laughs> um, extra,
2: extra. Read all about it. <laughs> so I'll, I'll go with the... Because, I mean, you guys have the journal, so you talk about newer releases anyway in there. I, I, so the newer-to-me, the new-to-me new movies that I've watched that are, you know, like, fairly, you know, older movies or what have you. Um, let's... I could just go down this list. Um, X, so Excalibur. I had never seen Excalibur. Mm. Um, I love that movie. It is... That movie is like a kitchen sink for medieval, like action it like it you know you know what what i realized it's essentially like like a music biopic or a biopic that like goes from like life to end of a person like that's what they're doing with the arthurian legend and i found that to be an interesting take as far as john borman being like well, I can't make Lord of the Rings, which is what he wanted to do, so I'll just do Arthur, and I'm going to give you all of Arthur. And so you have the entire history from Uther all the way to the death of Arthur. And I was like, wow, this movie's a mess, but like it's visually amazing, and it's certainly entertaining to watch throughout. And the guy playing Merlin, whose name I do not know right now offhand, uh, like, just, there's just a lot of things to really like about that film, for sure. So I was... And I like the logic of it's 1980. We want to make a King Arthur movie. Let's make sure to make it a very R-rated King Arthur movie because who needs kids to
1: see this? I was going <laughs> to say the, the
0: the one thing they don't include is a family friendly friendly atmosphere. But if you go back and look at the Arthurian myth, like it's it's not a family friendly thing. Like well, yeah, Arthur I mean, is a tragic character. He is, and it is set during like the Dark Ages, essentially. So it's yeah. like yeah, it's not.
2: You're sanitizing it essentially to get yeah. what would what some would assume would be like. Yeah, it's a it's an adventure story, so everyone can see this thing. It's like, I mean, King Arthur is pretty it's pretty rough living.
1: <laughs> yeah, the whole uh, the thing I love about it, The whole the the hazy lighting and the entirely looped dialogue make the whole movie feel like a dream. Like, yeah. I. Um, You know, I'm not a weed guy. I tried weed uh, when I was uh, younger. I feel like such a dork. I tried weed when I was younger. Did not have the uh, reaction that a lot of people seem to have and like with it. But uh, yeah, watching Excalibur makes you think, maybe I should give weed a try again.
0: (laughs) This This might be fun to get high and watch Excalibur. Maybe if you maybe you don't need to if you watch Excalibur, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah I mean, I uh, in in college uh, at uh, what is now Missouri State uh, University, uh, I took an Arthurian myth class and I really loved it. And so we read The Once and Future King, um, and then we watched a couple of of movies to sort of discuss different interpretations. Uh, and so you look at something like First Night uh, versus. Um, uh, versus Excalibur, and this was, you know, I'm old enough that the mo- that the Anton Fuqua King Arthur had not yet been released. Um, but uh, it really is interesting. And then you look at, and then uh, we watched The Sword and the Stone as well and just see like this, look at all the different ways you can interpret this. And then I remember at the time, Excalibur, I watched it and it made me uncomfortable because because it was so willing to delve into kind of the, the, the darker or even uglier side not that it's an ugly movie but the uglier side of this world and in retrospect i really love that but at the time i just wasn't ready for it
2: there's not a lot of good arthur tales that's the other thing there's a lot of arthur movies not a lot of good ones excalibur is like among the best and the the only other like good cinematic version offhand the
1: one with dudley moore
2: <laughs> uh, Aquaman tells like the Arthurian story to yeah. a like that's actually clever and how are they trying yeah. to do that something I really like as far as the Arthur world I mean Monty Python's another obviously but I mean um, uh, the miniseries Merlin with Sam Neill that's hmm. one I, I really enjoyed that one from back in the day. And like, I've always, I haven't seen it since 97, 96 when it actually came out, but I, remember, I just really fondly remember it. It's particularly like Sam Neill's great. Martin Short is very good in that too. And he got like a golden globe nom at that point also. So was like, you know, people, people saw the same thing I saw, but like, it just sticks with me for whatever reason.
1: Yeah, I feel like that—that the, was uh, the '90s, like those those mini series, TV mini series, yeah, where
2: night ABC mini series. Yeah, like oh, yeah,
1: and like the special effects were often not great. Um, the one that sticks out to me is the um, the Odyssey with Armand de Sante. That's
0: right, uh, oh, as, yeah. as Odysseus. That was a that was a big one. And let's yeah, uh, that's yeah. that was the thing is like they would make these with a very odd leading man, like Gulliver's <laughs> travels. Obviously we get Ted Danson, obviously, why wouldn't we? Makes more sense than anything I've ever thought. <laughs> the Odyssey.
2: That's yeah. That was another one where I was like, I'm into, cause I was into classics. I was into um, Greek myth and stuff. So it's like this. Yeah, sure. Give me this. And then I watched, you know, when Troy came out I was super excited for it. I was like, I got the Odyssey already. Let's see how this Troy works. And Wolfgang Peterson's like, we're gonna do Troy, but let's get rid of all the gods and stuff. Let's make it a real gritty Troy. And I'm like, okay, Wolfgang, fine. Yeah, that is true. It is. It's not. It's not. uh, Not my favorite. Not not the yeah.
1: And Troy's movie. Troy is from an age, uh, a time before I was too jaded to get excited by trailers anymore. Which, which I am now, but Troy, I remember like seeing the trailer for Troy and seeing yeah. that, like, seeing like, oh, you see a ship on the water and like pulling back and saying, oh my God, all of these Holy ships year. and being like so excited for Troy. And then, uh, yeah, what a disappointment that movie is. And I, I like Wolfgang Peterson too. It's just that's yeah, disappointing movie.
0: By that time, I think I was not necessarily cynical, but I definitely like, I saw the trailer for Troy and I was like, oh, okay they're trying for gladiator again. Like they're trying right. to like latch right. onto that. Yeah, it was in that you could, yeah. yeah. You could see sort of the, I saw sort of the calculation behind it. And, uh, and then I saw the movie uh, and did not uh, care for it outside of course of Peter O'Toole and Brian Cox. I think they did a great job. And that yeah. one-on-one fight between uh, Brad Pitt and yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's, that's uh, really that's
2: great. A, it's really good. The pro- I mean, you we know, don't have to talk about none of us watched it. So it doesn't matter. Of, but Like the, my main problem was, Achilles is not the star of this story. And yet you have Brad Pitt here trying to uh, give a bunch of pathos to a character. That's supposed to be this brutish asshole. It's like, give me, get up, stop, stop this. Brad knows it too. He said in interviews like, I hated doing this movie.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's, I think it shows. And I think he also was, I think Brad Pitt is a marvelous actor in the right role. I think he has a modern, uh, such a modern sensibility. Um, even, even when playing something like Jesse James, you know, that's still, you can still add, especially with what that movie is doing as far as legend and, and myth and stuff, you can add a lot of modern stuff into it, but like you put him in Troy or 12 years of slave and you're like, what are you doing? Like this, like this cadence is not right for this character. And I don't necessarily blame him. He just shouldn't have been cast. And I realize he produced 12 years of slave, but like that, like that, I think I don't love 12 years of slave, but that scene comes along and I'm like, Oh yeah. The rest of the movie is an absolute masterpiece compared to this really clunky. And it might be in the writing, but I think it's mostly in a really no, bad in, bit of casting.
2: It's in pit. He's a, he's a distract. Like I, I am a big fan of 12 years of slave in spite of that scene. Like that's yeah. the part where it's just like, okay like i know like you said i know you're producing or whatnot and you're showing up here and i get like the points you get as far as like international sales on this movie but it's like yeah uh, that's true this at this point in the time when we're trying to like get chiwetel for out of this situation the last thing i like of of the white saviors you could have in this movie <laughs> brad pitt comes in there with his glowing teeth and it's like okay
0: that's yeah that's like the- out of it you could have put... I really feel like, yeah, I think when it comes right down to it, that was not the character to put a movie star to to cast a movie star in. You what know? you could have done, because because Garrett, Garrett Dillahunt's in that
2: movie, playing the guy that like rats out yeah. Solomon at one point. Switch those guys around. Make Brad Pitt the guy that's like the, yeah. the, the crappy evil guy that, that rats out Solomon, and put Garrett Dillahunt over as being like the genuine guy who's like, yeah, alright, he's not occupying too much time here. He's just like... Then, you, then you're subverting you ex- you're doing something at least, at least yeah. you know what do
0: a de- do a uh, deadwood thing have garrett T- del hunt play both what do you think <laughs> of that <laughs> there we go. i think I, by and large that because
2: i watched all of i told david this last year i watched all of deadwood in a row leading up to the movie so mm. i was very much prepared to watch the deadwood movie because i had watched it for the first time for a good like 3 month span or less than that because i crammed it so i watched a ton of deadwood
0: Oh, what a wonderful show. We say it all the time, but like, I just like, as I'm saying it now, like I'm just thinking back to what Garrett Hunt was doing as those two characters and just like, and just the, the, the choice to cast him in both just it's so ballsy and, and strange, but also so appropriate. And he's in the movie too. Very briefly. He is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I was, um, I was watching some of the, I was, I've been watching the wire. My dad's been watching the wire finally. Cause I, he has a thing where it's like, I tell him years ahead of time, like watch the show. You'll love it. And then he finally watches. Like I'm loving it. I was like, yeah, you should have watched it when I told you the first time, <laughs> um, but he's watching the wire now and he's burning through it. So I'm like, I'm going to watch the wire. I've, watched, I've, been, I've seen it before, and I'm like, I'm just going to put on season four, because it's great. Why not? And there's a point where they see Deadwood on the TV in The Wire, and that just perked me up right there. I saw Ian McShane for briefly, and I'm like, oh, all right. In the middle love- of this very disturbing drama involving middle school children getting into the drug trade business, and they're like, Ian yeah, McShane popped up. All right, that's yeah, that's nice to see. And
1: HBO does it all the time, because also on The Wire, uh, an earlier season, Omar is watching Oz. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But also, I was just watching uh, Betty, the, the new se- uh, series Betty about the uh, yeah, exactly. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah the skateboarders. And um, there's a scene where it's like this. Uh, it's like an all-girl skate. All the all the like female skaters are like skating in a big crowd together. And there's like this montage of them skating and people on the sidewalk being like, "What? What?" And the uh, the weed delivery guy from High Maintenance is like oh, one of yeah, the guys, yeah. like who's like, who are all these girls skating? Uh, I love it. And also, and then on High Maintenance, they did uh, an episode where uh, uh, he's delivering weed to someone, and they're shooting an episode of Girls on the street outside, and like you see Lena Dunham like in between takes. I would
2: be yeah. comfortable with high maintenance guy like being in every universe to place in New York. Like if anything yeah. goes to New yeah. York and he pops by, I would there I, would be no part of me that's like this is not appropriate. I'd be like that's just he just lives there. Like that just makes sense to me. Why, why would I not like, see him at some point?
0: Now have it's you like Richard Belzer yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. as a uh, detective yeah. Munch or whatever? Yeah.
2: Just bring the bells in yeah. anywhere you go.
1: Aaron, <laughs> have you watched all of High Maintenance? I I believe I I believe I mean
2: I've seen up. Like whatever, whenever it first started in like long form, because I know it was like shorts right
1: before. Yeah, which you can watch. All those are on the HBO app if you want uh, to watch yeah, them. Which but, I, um, you know, at
2: some point, I should probably do just because that's easy at this point right now. But I guess well, not- what I'm
1: saying is, in the most recent season, they <laughs> reveal what his actual name is, and I'm finding it very yeah, difficult yeah. to keep calling him guy or the guy because i know what his name is now after four years plus actually i i i hate i feel like i'm bragging i was actually a fan of the web series before the show existed so you're cool i get it yeah (laughs) so for like six seven years i've known him as the guy and now that i know it i want to say his name but i feel like that would be uh, uh a spoiler for a lot of people who haven't caught up His name is of course one
2: ear now the other for me though like I don't even think about the fact that his name was revealed it's just like like bubbles on the wire (laughs) I'm still gonna call oh sure yeah yeah. I know like it just doesn't like and that's like that's TV to me in general it's like I'll think of these things when they matter to me on the show but outside the show no Hmm. meanwhile movies I'll retain like random like phone numbers that someone needs to tell someone in a moment that like I don't need to know this phone number but it's really important to this character right like that will matter to me for some reason.
0: I, uh, I'm much the same way, uh, where if something like it's, it's so odd and I almost condemn myself for it is if something is presented to me, in a movie or a TV show, it's almost the same concept as like, if something is out of frame, then it's very, you're not thinking about it. And so like, um, until if it's not, if, if something is story driven or narrative driven, then when they present me with a plot point and then the characters say, this is very important. Some people are like, some people I know say like, Oh yeah, I knew that was going to be important before they even brought it up. And, and I tend to be like, yeah, I mostly wasn't. But then they told me it was important, and now I believe it. Um, it was a very strange thing. Incidentally, the joke I was going to make earlier is that the guy they discover that his name is Beatrix Cosmo, um, and uh, that's a it's a Kill Bill and a Seinfeld reference of characters that are not given names. Anyway, um, I got it. It's oh, good. I see. I see. Thank you, Aaron. I appreciate it. I wish my co-host I, I, I would like give the, any aspect me any support.
2: aspect of it I like that. Thank you.
1: Um, I'll I attention to Bit of a wait. hat on a hat, I think. <laughs> Ha ha ha! Have you ever seen a hat, hat David?
2: It's hilarious. <laughs> it's true. If you, yeah. if you saw a guy walk in, he has like a hat, and then like someone moves out of the way, there's like, oh, there's another hat. You'd be like, that's eh,
0: like, <laughs> funny. That reminds me of uh, a wonderful joke from a Community where someone mentions jumping the shark, and uh, uh, Troy, played by Donald Glover, um, it gets very upset. And he goes, he goes, oh, by the way, that term jumping the shark. I looked it up, and it, there was an episode of Happy Happy Days where a guy literally jumps a shark. And it was the best episode ever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I actually, I watched all of community during this, during this lockdown. That's something I that's really? one of the things I do. Yeah. Jen, I had never, uh, I had never seen the last season, like all of the last season. So like, I was like, oh good. I'll watch all of this show that I already know I really like. And then I'll see the other like seven episodes of the series that I never saw before. So that's a win.
0: I, I like the last season quite a bit, actually. I think the, I, think I, I like it too. It ends nicely. Yeah, I and also I think like the inclusion of Paget Brewster, always a good choice. And then Keith David. And Keith David. Now we're talking, you know. And then like a guest shot with uh Matt Barry works for me as uh uh the te- the instructor of Grifting 101.
2: Yeah, Matt Barry coming in. That was a surprise, like, oh, this is wonderful.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh yeah, that show um I mean, I've seen it before. Jen and I are working our way through it now, and we just got to season four, and that's the first, like, Dan Harmon-less episode. And even though there are still good things in that season, and I'm trying to think, like, if I didn't know that he was absent for that season, would I know? And, and honestly, I think yes. I think you would, would know, know. But something's, there's, there's something's
1: off. Chain. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I've, I've never watched Community, but... Um... I remember Dan Harmon tweeted about like the one joke from the season he wasn't on that he actually really loved, um, which is the joke, the idea that Hogan's heroes aired in Germany, but it was called Hogan's villains. That's very, very funny to me.
0: (laughs) And that's, it's such an, it's such an obvious joke. Uh, but yeah, but they sell it pretty well. There, there are some good jokes on that show, but, uh, but yeah, it's so, I mean, like, uh, uh, there's 12, there's what thirteen, twelve up, whatever episodes. Like, it's not like yeah. I was sitting
2: there thinking this isn't funny. Like, I watched the episodes, and, like they do, you know, right? Uh, but yeah, there's certainly a different. There's a shift, like you yeah. can tell.
0: I think the big issue with that season is because, of course, Community always has re- recurring jokes uh, or recurring types of jokes, and somehow, whenever they tried to do that, they yeah. never quite got it. But yeah. when they would do sort of their original jokes, they'd be like, "Oh, okay." This is working. Like if the show is shifting into something new, the new thing is working. But when they're trying to approximate somebody else, oh boy, it does not work for me at all. Uh,
1: so Aaron, what else have you watched? What's been uh, uh, one of your favorite things that you've watched uh, uh, that's on your list?
2: What am I, I've watched a lot of good, the good thing about this is everything that I have to watch I know is going to be good because it's some kind of class you're nodding you're you're shaking your head cuz
0: Oh no it's giving uh, David My a David a phone keeps making noise <laughs> <laughs> and I don't actually care at all for the record.
2: Um I talked I talked about one of these things on our on the HCA what you watching show the Tokyo Drifter um the the, the Japanese film um who's the director I cannot think of right now at this moment. It's an S. I know that. Um, but of, of the best things I've watched, it's that and his other film, Branded to Kill, uh, which are both... Oh, seeing.
1: it's uh, seijin Suzuki?
2: Is that Suzuki, my, yeah.
1: Am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah, I know. Yes. Yeah.
2: Um, both because they just hit my sensibilities in all the right ways, and I can see the influence on so many other, you know, artists since, from Tarantino to Cowboy Bebop, as far as what they're doing, or what he was doing with those films. Um, and I especially... Like, just reading about them, um, about these, these like wild hit assassin films. One of them is more of a musical comedy. The other is just more like absurdist hitman stuff. But like, this is a time where Suzuki's basically like challenging the studio by doing what he's doing in these movies and to the point where when he made Brandon to the Kill, he got fired because they just couldn't take like his antics anymore as far as doing things that were like ahead of the time. Uh, but those are films that I just really enjoyed. Uh, um,
1: I remember I saw, um, probably shortly after I moved to Los Angeles, um, the Egyptian showed a couple of Suzuki films I went to see, uh, not really knowing much about him, but one of the movies they showed was called Detective Bureau 2-3 Go to Hell Bastards. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I went to see that movie based on uh, the title alone. Well, well yeah.
2: That makes sense. <laughs> um, a movie I watched, and this links to Excalibur, Uh, In Excalibur, you you have, um, uh, Carmina Barana. I
1: I know what you mean, but yeah, I don't know if that's how you say it.
2: But uh, it's also in The Doors, which I watched like a day later. I thought for sure
1: you were going to go with General's Daughter. (laughs) It's in the General's (laughs) Daughter. I I only have
2: time for one Simon West to film year (laughs) film a year. That's Con Air, of course. Um, The watching i watched the doors for the first time i hadn't i watched the final cut i should say i haven't i mean i don't know the differences between olivarsson's other versions but not uh, but i had not seen the doors before um, and i was not expecting to hear that music in the doors shortly after watching excalibur but regardless um i was quite the fan i'm aware it has a mixed reception and I, I i'd like to think that everyone pretty much acknowledges how great val kilmer is in that film yeah um and i i can see where it You know it it rides the certain like this is you know when when he got to la wait did you say it rides
1: the serpent
0: (laughs) or the storm it's on on the storm on the serpent okay
1: (laughs) (laughs)
2: my article i've never seen it (laughs)
1: Uh, (laughs) i think i i i uh, I, I hear it's good but i I think i dislike the doors the band too much to want to see it
2: I um I have no real opinion of the doors beyond I like what I hear I don't I don't you know I'm not reading up and thinking man you know Jim Morrison did things I don't approve of or what have you I'm just thinking I know these songs and I like them and watching the movie the regardless of you know however you want to frame accuracy or what have you when it comes to depicting a band in a movie and I've had issues with that in certain movies and less than others it's about execution. Oliver Stone seems like the ideal filmmaker to make a movie about the doors. And that's the thing I recognize the most about it. He seems like this is exactly who you want to get to make this movie because the atmosphere is just so striking in that film. And it felt like such a great mood movie. Like it's two hours, two and a half, almost two and a half hours. And I was never like, you know, watching my watch or thinking when's Jim Morrison gonna do this I was just like I'm just transfixed by what's going on here I think the and it's a wonder what, what a great 90s cast but you have Val Kilmer, Meg Ryan, Michael Madsen, Frank Whaley, uh, Kevin Dillon, uh, There's like Chris, Crispin Glover's Andy Warhol at one point there's just like a lot of Al people McLaughlin, there was like right? yeah, this, Al McLaughlin yeah yeah the, uh, that feels that always feels like a mouthful when you have to say Kyle McLaughlin's name, right? You have to like, <laughs> yeah. you really like throw it out there. You, have to, say,
1: yeah, you have to say Kyle no, McLaughlin. You have to, you, you got to clear your throat before you attempt yeah. to say Kyle McLaughlin. I, I would say like I that to, his his name is a throat clear. <laughs> <laughs> I need to say
2: like the bracha or another Jewish prayer first before I start saying Kyle McLaughlin.
1: Uh, but it's, uh, no, it's a good cast,
2: and. and Kilmer is what, like, I was looking at the year 91. You have Hopkins and Nolte and uh, Warren Beatty, among other. It's like it was a big year as far as like actor nominees. So it's like, nah. I guess he didn't need to get nominated. But it's like, he's, I could, I could easily put this up to, you know, ahead of perf- music biopic performances that have won Oscars, let alone, you know, been nominated for them. So it's like he's terrific <laughs> in it.
1: I want to know, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to change subjects from the doors.
0: Well, what I was going to say is that like, I mean, yeah, uh, certainly around this time, I mean, you look at JFK and, and moving into, you know, natural born killers and that sort of thing. I mean, Oliver Stone's style in general was a little bit psychedelic for lack of a better term. Uh, and, and while he, I don't, it's been a while since I've seen the, seen the doors, but at the time I was aware of what Oliver Stone was doing uh, at that time. And he does, he's not quite as manic with his editing as he is in something like natural born killers, but he still does bring a certain energy to it. Cause I think that's one of my big problems with a lot of musical biopics is they're just so. St- yeah. They're stale, st- they're stale and static and uh, just not my no chances being taken. They're, they're what yeah. I call Wikipedia movies. Film, just oh, like, yeah. absolutely. And, you know, I look at something like, like Ray, which I think is a, you know, it has its moments, but then you look at something, the one that I, I tend to go to is Walk the Line, which at the very least, if nothing else, has a lot of energy when it comes time for like the musical performances. And then the idea that like James Mangold is an action director, it's like, yes, direct this, it's bring an on. action director yeah. to make this. And so, uh, so to bring that oliver stone type energy and sensibility to a musical biopic especially one about you know uh, jim morrison i think works really really well and he manages to sort of subvert the what i think probably even at the even by then you know with stuff like the buddy holly story and la Bamba, like what well, were cliches even then and i think you know you as you said like execution is like 90 percent of the of the movie like anything even the most boring run-of-the-mill narrative can become really interesting and really exciting if you have the, the director bringing an energy to it that i think he really sure. does
1: so what i wanted to know is in your meg ryan deep dive what did you think of hurley burley
2: <laughs> I, di- I didn't get to hurley uh, specifically going bad. for meg ryan it was just more like there's a lot of movies I happen to see that happening right. I I meant in the Tom Hanks movies, The Doors, Top I'd watch Tom my my girlfriend and I, my lovely girlfriend and I, we watched Top Gun um around Fourth of July. So there's just like a lot of and then of course the hunt for Red October. Um so you know, there's a lot of a lot but of Mike Ryan
1: played the, the submarine. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and she went on with uh, with, with uh, Sean, Sean Connery and it's like Red oh, October coming
0: through. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is very good watch dumb. the Hunt for
2: red october it just fit in that's all
1: <laughs> uh i haven't seen that one since i was a kid Red right, october maybe maybe college but uh, uh i've seen it
2: a lot but that's not
1: yeah thing. i saw it a lot when i was younger
2: it had a new blu-ray so i'm like all right i'm gonna watch that Red october
1: well go what else what, what else is it? Yeah, i want to know what i like yeah. we probably uh, i know Tyler needs to get out of here at some point. Um, I hold uh, it here. I have a whole, I have I have a whole yeah, list. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's do a, a speed run through some stuff, and then we'll stop you when we have uh, insightful comments or dumb jokes to make.
2: There you go. The world came out on uh, Criterion recently. I watched that. 53. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's fan- the transfer is fantastic. For what yeah. Seeing seeing, and I, I was thinking about this while watching it. Like movies from like the fifties and sixties were like. Where they're made with color before the '70s is like let's let's dower things up a bit. It's so like vibrant and alive. So when you watch yeah. a new transfer of a film like that, that's so colorful already. It's like oh my god, this looks amazing. So just watching the War of the Worlds, it I mean, in addition to being an entertaining film with a lot more religious symbolism that I was realizing, mm-hmm. um I, I was just I was really into just the visual look of this thing. It just had so much going on for it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so for the world, uh, what I watch? Um, Holiday. Watched Holiday um, with, the, not The Holiday, but Holiday with Carrie uh, Grant.
0: Okay, it's going to ask, yeah.
2: And, and you know, her, uh, Catherine. Um, <laughs> um, but, no, just I was in a screwball comedy mood. So sure. I watched Holiday. I enjoyed that one. Um, let's see. There, As a gamer, I've been playing a lot of things, and I've been playing um, recently this game called Ghosts of Sumusha, Tsushima. Um, it's a samurai game, so I, I was like, "I'm in a samurai mood." So I watched. Uh, I got. I have the Lone Wolf and Cub block box mm. set. So I watched. I watched the first one. I watched the first one of those, and I've seen. Um, what's the edited together version called? Um, uh, okay, it's what it's. And you mentioned Kill Bill. It's what they. It's what the what um the daughter wants to watch. at Kill Bill too. Shogun. Shogun. Um, <laughs> I I, I, is yeah, I know is just,
0: t- just Shogun with Richard Chamberlain.
2: <laughs> no, not Shogun with Richard Chamberlain. Um, Shogun Assassin. Shogun Assassin. Thank you. Yes. Oh, I've never seen one. it,
1: but I've seen it. Kill Bill enough times that I was like, I know, I know this. No, I've I've
2: seen the truncated version, which is Shogun Assassin. I've never seen like all of the films separately before because there's like six of them, Uh six or seven. So I watched the first one of those, and it's like, yeah, this is like just like pulpy samurai fun or I guess Ronin fun, but regardless, it's just, it, it's entertaining as far as seeing something that's less serious about this kind of way of life and, you know, adding a baby on top of it because that was all the rage even back in the, even back then. Um, I've seen you, I've seen Yojimbo before. I've never seen Sanjiro, So I watch Yojimbo and Sanjiro back to back to so get my, uh, double Mifune thing going and, um, Sanjuro that, that, that's certainly like that's kurosawa in like a zone as far as like we've just been doing this a lot lately and we know how to kind of make a entertaining entertaining samurai jump jo- uh you know piece of film as opposed to something that's more i don't know cerebral mm-hmm. uh so watching yojimbo then going to sanjuro which is kind of lighter in tone yeah i that those are just those are just fun movies to watch which is like People should think that more when you see Carousel. It's not homework. It's just—it's like it's just fun to pop on a Carousel movie every now and then.
0: Yeah, that's that's definitely it's something that honestly uh, students have have talked about when I show them. You know, because I've I've shown them Hidden Fortress, and uh, Rashomon, and I feel like there was another one, but now I can't remember what it was. But um, it wasn't Seven Samurai because it was too long. But uh, Red Beard—that's only three hours. <laughs> I and you know what? I actually oh, it might have been Throne of Blood. Sorry, pardon me. Um, and and like and i always require like written uh written response from my students and especially with kurosawa the number of them that said i expected this to be boring i expected this to be you know hard to watch or hard to follow or whatever it is and it's like but it was so fun and it was so exciting and it's just like yeah i do think that like because a a foreign language film especially a classic foreign language film because you're it's like well i have to read it so already it feels like it's probably more serious right and when you're talking about classics it's like well they're important and anything that's important can't possibly be fun um mm-hmm. and so you know when you watch when you watch kurosawa you can you get a sense of if nothing else he's clearly having a lot of fun like he's yeah. he's loving the movie that he's making, and and really enjoying himself. And I think it really comes through. Uh, something like you know, David just watched Hidden Fortress, and that movie is just so much fun. You know, I mean obviously, Throne of Blood is maybe less fun. It's it it is more mournful and and that sort of thing. Yeah, and, yeah
2: but if you're staring at Mafuni's face throughout that movie, it's a, it's a riot. Like, yeah, he, he's making some he's making some faces in that movie. Yeah.
0: Um yeah, and I, I definitely I think Throne of Blood pr- yeah, probably Rashomon is my favorite Kurosawa, but Throne of Blood is right behind it. Um I'm a samurai guy seven samurai guy, but I mean you're splitting hairs. Yeah. Me. And I just saw I just saw Yojimbo for the first time um a couple months ago. I still I own Sandro, but I haven't watched it yet. Um and uh, and I loved Yojimbo as well because that one especially feels like he's having fun because he's bringing a certain modern cynicism and sensibility to things yeah. and allowing allowing a little bit more absurdity into uh into this into the movie like, it's like I, don't, I don't i don't say this as like a bad thing
2: but it feels like the closest that he got to slumming it's like yeah we'll just make a i'll just get this Dashiell hammett novel yeah <laughs> and, and just you know let's just go let's do this you, you good with that Toshiro? Sure. yeah sure i'll just you know strut through town and play up some things and have fun with it. I mean, it like, oh, like it's, it's, it's it's weird to say like it's not essential because it's like, essential as far as, yeah, it's a classic or what have you, but it just like yeah. in terms of what it's accomplishing compared to what Rashomon's accomplishing, what Throne of Blood I feel is accomplishing, what yeah. Seven Samurai's doing as far as influencing decades of cinema.
0: It's just like, yeah, and then Jimbo's here, too, and it's just like a jaunt. Like, that's yeah. But I mean, in that way, I mean, it, it's very much like Red Harvest or, or any, uh, Dashiell Hammett. Like these are just these extremely well-written hard-boiled detective novels that have a a quality to them that Mm -hmm. brings a certain degree of existential dread and, uh, and nihilism to them. But for the most part, they're just like these fun novels that I think people might view as disposable maybe at the time. But when something, it goes back to what you were saying, like, if something is executed well, whether it be a novel or a movie, it doesn't matter how seemingly uh, pedestrian or forgettable it, it is me- it even meant to be. It's still, there's still so much that you can learn from it and enjoy it, And there's still craft going on mm-hmm. it's so much so that you can still view it just as much as a, a, you know, just as much a classic as something that is a little bit more quote unquote important. Um, yeah, it's, uh, now, now uh, you know what, I, I'm probably going to uh, prioritize uh, Senjuro actually. Yeah, Senjuro then War of the so just, you're, you're exactly on. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: just the, the classic Japanese cinema films. All
1: right, so uh, how about with the the VOD, the things that have been released since we locked down, what have been some highlights for you? Um, you know
2: I'm a big fan of The Vast of Night, just like yeah. you are. Same here. Um, so you know, yeah, can't can't speak ill well, ill of that. Palm Springs is wonderful as well. Um, these are some of the obvious ones. I should get to the other ones. Um, but you know what? I I watched the, Not necessarily new to VOD, but just to mention it because it's a friend of friend of the podcast. I watched Man Camp. I watched Man Camp. Oh, so, uh, <laughs> okay. With, uh, Josh, with writer Josh Long. That's right. Um,
0: and uh, it's enjoyable. I enjoyed that film. There's, you know, I I mean. A friend co-wrote it. So, uh, he knows the issues that I have with it. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I went in being like, I'm going to do a favor to a friend and watch a movie that he co-wrote. Um, and it is not a, it's far from perfect. There are moments that, that frustrate me, but there are other moments that I really like, and I got to say I'm I'm largely unfamiliar with Pete Gardner, um, but I do enjoy him a lot in that movie. Very moment. good, yeah, very um, funny. Yeah. and not just because increasingly uh, every time I look at him, I just see Kenneth Mars. He just looks so much oh, like yeah, Kenneth Mars. To me. Yeah, like, I never it's crazy. It. Um, yeah, but yeah. So I'm sorry. Uh, so you you enjoyed Man Camp?
2: I enjoyed it. Yeah, I I, okay. I don't need to get into any problems with it. I thought it was an enjoyable
0: film. Um, Now, Aaron, Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, Have you seen any, have you seen any new movies that you're in? (laughs) Um,
2: Let me think about that. You know what? I actually have. What? Um,
0: (laughs) This must be a surprise to you. We don't have to, we don't have to talk about this. I just wanted to be able to ask that. It's not something (laughs) I I get to ask very often.
2: I I did watch the real, real redemption. And I, 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 th- I thought it had a lot of good information to be presented, and I thought you did a, a, a good job of, of spelling out some interesting
0: themes regarding Christian film and how it's evolved over the decades and what have you. Well, thank you very much. I was perfectly fine. You could have said it's pure shit. I just liked the idea of asking that question. So um, <laughs> um, here's, here's a
2: couple more. Um, an American Pickle, that comes out the week that we're recording this um with seth rogan as both a man from 1920s eastern europe who comes to america as well as seth rogan in modern day america and um, i quite enjoyed this movie um mainly not mainly but i you know what i watched it with my dad for one thing and i mean both of us being jewish and it being a film about family to a good degree there was a, it's a very Jewy family movie and <laughs> I was really into that. I was I was into how much it really emphasized that. And from a plot or like a just like the st- structure wise, it's not like knocking on the door of Hal Ashby, but it was essentially like Jewish being there. Like that's kind of how I felt about watching that movie, mm. as far as this man who comes into a society out of nowhere and starts influencing it in whatever ways he does not obviously it's a seth Rogen vehicle so it has a certain kind of humor that's going along with it although it's tampered down compared to other things that he's done but regardless i just really liked it. i thought it was very enjoyable i, I laughed a lot and i also felt the sort of sentiment that it goes for so i thought it was well worth watching as far as the hbo max original productions go um,
1: <laughs> i i talked uh, about no. my thoughts on the movie on the most recent movie journal which were more positive than negative though maybe not quite as positive as as yours
2: uh, let's see I like the old is, guard is it okay
0: can I, sure. can I incorporate the word Jewy into more of my reviews or am I is that a little, little iffy like, like when tidal. I talk but only if I talk about like Fiddler on the Roof or something I mean, uh, yeah, that's like a
2: go-to, obviously, like that or, or uh, a serious man. You know, both of those, you can, you know, <laughs> right? I, in all um, honesty,
1: my my wife, who's Jewish, describes things as jewy a lot, but I've never really felt comfortable saying. I, that. I mean, I don't feel comfortable writing it because it's <laughs> yeah. like you know, it's not like
2: it's not like within my body of work I'm writing. Like, yeah. by the way, I'm Jewish, and you can understand this. It's more like. <laughs> Yeah, I don't need to. There's other ways I can describe something because I'm, you know, all of us are good writers. We could get around using our own humorous uh,
0: thoughts on how we can describe (laughs) ourselves to get into things. I remember there was a. I was listening to the. This was a while ago. I was listening to the commentary track on Clerks, the animated series, which that show is so is so much better than most things Kevin Smith is associated with. But anyway, really, that's no, that's was, another thing I watched during this lockdown.
2: I'm a huge fan of the animated series, and I watched oh, yeah. it with the commentaries. I watched it both because it's been so long since I've seen it. I watched the series, and then a week later, because I know the commentaries are funny because they generally are his stuff. I watched it again with the commentary track, so yeah. it's very fresh in my mind.
1: It's <laughs> weird. I was just thinking about Clerks the Animated Series too, or at least one specific thing, because my wife and I were watching, uh, catching up on The Detour and uh, the TBS show that's now canceled. Um, and Judge Reinhold is in a couple of episodes. And I was like, yeah. man, when did I last see Judge Reinhold in anything? And I realized it was when he voiced a Judge Reinhold, the judge. Yeah. on <laughs> That was the last thing that I heard him. And the last thing I saw him in was the Santa Claus. Oh, yeah. Which, yeah. He's,
0: which he's pretty good in.
1: Um, but yeah, but well, He, he the- was really good on the detour. It made me think,
0: like, why is Judge Reinhold not it? in stuff as much I, I think it's one of those things where i think he is so associated with a certain time right it's i think like he's, steve gutenberg like steve gutenberg 100 yeah. um and that's unfortunate that that happens but it does um but yeah uh not enough so many white men out there exactly let's start bringing really the old ones that. back um but uh on clerks the animated series um al franken shows up as the mayor and he's mayor yes, mccheese yes. like he's a, that's his halloween costume like he comes from a halloween party and doesn't change out of his costume to give a press conference and so but then they then they talk to the chief of police And it's Big Mac, like the the other character from the McDonald's world. And he goes, "I was also at a costume party, though not the same costume party." (laughs) Um, But uh, and it's Mike Mike McShane who voices him. Anyway, on the the, see, it's a pretty good show uh, with its ridiculousness. But anyway, um, so uh, so in the commentary, uh, they told um, Al Franken to be like like if you can like really be like super nasally and kind of and sort of like maybe every statement like ended almost as a question and he just goes he goes oh so like more jewy and they're and they're like uh, well if you that's you if you want to say that that's fine uh, that that's how you want to interpret it go right ahead but um but yeah it's uh that is a it's, it's a, a very funny show. show yeah it is i forgot man in ta- i hadn't in that, thought about that, that mayor of- mccheese thing until talking about it right now i think about it all the time because the the, the line
2: <laughs> nothing gets out the grimace is That's constantly right. circling <laughs> in my mind like it's, it's right. a very i um boy yeah <laughs> that <laughs> show is if that kept going like imagine if that was at like season six no more than that season 16 like yeah. family guy or whatever it is it's like they they probably could have kept Really, just knocking out that humor because they really had it yeah. down, but like pretty early on with what they're trying to do. Um, what other things? Uh, the old guard. I mentioned that just briefly. Uh, I, I, I was a fan of the old guard. I, I what I was a fan of was if there if the criticism is there's a lot of setup for a sequel. My thought was I like these people enough where I'm looking forward to seeing more of them in a sequel. So I'm not too upset about it being some kind of origin tale because. I like this origin enough where i yeah let's see further adventures of them it has issues i'm not doubting that but i do think there's a lot of strong stuff in it so uh let alone the people involved in who's making it is like yeah good for mm. good for you netflix um uh let's see deerskin did anyone see deerskin yeah i saw it at AFI um,
1: fest last year yeah
2: i finally saw it this year i was i was super happy with deerskin <laughs> yeah me too
1: especially as someone who does not consider himself a quentin depew fan i went in skeptical i basically it was one of those like festival type things where there's a hole in my schedule and this movie's 79 minutes long yeah exactly. i'll check it out um it's, but went uh, in skeptical because i don't really like quentin depew and then
2: really enjoyed deerskin i've only seen rubber i haven't seen any of his other films and that one was like well i walked into a movie about a killer tire and i got a movie about a killer <laughs> tire like i don't like yeah it's a bit it's a bit odd uh this one also odd but jean Dujardin. sorry academy award winner jean dujardin like <laughs> I, I i get that he didn't really transfer over to america because apparently people were like wolf of wall street i don't want to see this guy anymore i just want to see all these other people in movies uh and, you know, the artist, like, yeah, we gave him an award, whatever. But whatever he's been doing in, in in Europe, I'm glad it led him to this, where he gets to play this ridiculous character that's so, like, engaging to watch. And he has a great, like, face, like, where he can do a lot with just, like, turning because of, like, just the shape of him. And so it, the way he's able to kind of spell out these random motions he has about being this man who is subservient to this jacket that he has, it's... So like it's such absurdist fun, and then it, it's, it's wild before it gets insanely violent, and then it's mm-hmm. like oh this is the natural, the natural conclusion of things I guess, and what a what a way to go with it. So I was I was a big fan. Uh, I'm trying to be vague on some of these because yeah yeah it's,
0: yeah. It's, and it's also you've got that,
2: uh,
1: uh, I mean yeah he's obviously in the focal point, but uh, Portrait no. of a Lady on Fire's Adele Hanel is also fantastic in in Deerskin. And the way she humors him
2: for much of this movie, it's very very entertaining. Um, One, I don't want to miss this because I just watched this today and I was surprised by how much I was engaged by it. Um, Come to Daddy with Elijah Wood. Have either of you uh, seen or heard of this movie? I've heard of it. I've heard of it, yeah. It's, if Elijah Wood has like, which I I assume he has just like God levels amounts of money where he just can do whatever he wants to for the rest of his life. If he just wants to be in, like, obscure indie, you know, dark comedies or horror movies, like, good for him. Because I like the things that he tends to attach himself to, whether it's as a producer, like with Mandy, or something like this. Where he plays just, he plays this guy, he has this weird bull haircut. He, play, he plays, like, the epitome of a hipster. Like, that's what he seems to be going for in this thing. And he's visiting his father, and who's, like, he's a strange father. And it take it. There's, there's nothing I can do about this to describe it further without ruining things that happen. But it's such an unpredictable film that's very darkly comedic and thrilling and macabre. And I was so like taken aback by the different, like from where you start with this movie to where it goes. There's no way I could have seen where that was happening. But it's so entertaining and it's only like 90. It's like not, not a long watch. It's on Prime right now. I was very happy to check it out just on a whim. I was like, Oh yeah, this is that movie that got some good notices earlier Mm -hmm. in the year, and I was very happy to do so because it's it's a it's a good one.
1: You know what's a a cool movie? Speaking of weird uh, Elijah Wood one-offs, do you remember Grand Piano?
2: Yeah, you ever see that? Uh, Chazelle wrote that, right? Uh, Oh,
1: did he really? Um,
2: Yeah, yeah, the uh, writer on that one.
1: Yeah, with but with uh, yeah uh, John Cusack and uh, uh, Alex Winter. Is in that uh, S. Yes, Preston Esquire yeah. himself shows up? Um, yeah, I should watch Grand Piano again. That's a good movie. That's a fun one. That's a that's yeah. a fun thriller. It's and have a pretty unique premise as far as
0: race against time movies go. Yeah, I had no idea that Damien Chazelle wrote that. That's uh, I'm yeah. immediately more interested in that. He's and i would and that. i was already interested
2: because he did like a draft of 10 cloverfield lane also like he was in like <laughs> genre world for a bit before it's like by the way i can i can direct a little bit too hmm.
1: but it is also weird when it goes the other way like how um didn't uh alex ross perry wrote that terrible winnie the pooh uh yeah <laughs> yeah what was that called was it for robin, Christopher robin. Yeah. Christopher robin. Which was yeah. by
2: Christopher Robin. And then there's, Hey, it's Christopher Robin.
1: Christopher yeah. and Neither one of them was very good. No, no, no. I really. couldn't get it right. Even with Alex no. Ross Perry, <laughs> the writer director of, of, uh, queen of earth and, and her smell, uh, took on Christopher Robin. Didn't <laughs> Meanwhile,
2: <laughs> what's his, what's his face? Who did goes, who did a ghost story? What's his name? David, um, Lowry, Lowry. Meanwhile, he can, he knocks peace dragon out of the park. Like I was happy with peace dragon. So. Mm. I like Pete's dragon.
0: <laughs> there are things I like about Petes dragon, like I do like the general atmosphere of it, yes, um but yeah,
1: but I do like those directors who could like oh, sw- like um to watch something like Jerry or Elephant, and then to mm-hmm. watch Finding Forrester and realize they're from the same person. It's like, yeah. is finding Forrester like a joke to him like not that i I mean. I, I don't actually think that, but like, how? What is on his mind when he's making Finding Forrester, knowing that he has a Jerry in him as well? Like Schumacher feels like one of the best examples of that too, as far as
2: the blockbuster career he had versus the look at these other things that I've done that are very much <laughs> yeah. more in what seems like my league of film. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it's it. It is a a good question, especially yeah, like. Last Days Elephants, Jerry, and then something like a Finding Forester, which it just makes you wonder, like – did he? I bet. Did he just sleep? Just sleepwalk through this? Because it because it, it does like, seem like the kind of I thing. I don't like- think. Because I think he is like.
1: I think there are elements of sentimentality that show up in his movies that I think. Sure. Uh, I, I do think there's something. There's something. I, I don't think Finding Forrester is very good, but I don't think he's being dishonest. I was joking, like saying it's a, it's a it's a joke, but it is. Uh, it is very strange to think of someone working in such a different. Uh, mode in, in one career. But maybe that's the... Uh, maybe it's because you and I are maybe a little too married to the auteur theory that we sure. uh, are surprised by these sort of things. But Van Sant doesn't have
2: too many of those, though. I mean, it's not, it's not like he does big very much.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's also Goodwill Hunting, which is uh, in the Finding yeah. Forrester. I mean, there is that, vein. that was like a
2: sliding scale where he goes, like, from To Die For to Goodwill Hunting to Psycho is, like, the ultimate as far as, like, fuck it, give me the money and I'll do it. But, like, and then Finding Forrester feels like a, you know, a pushback, and then he's like, all right, now let me go, now I'll do Last Day, I'll do Elephant, I'll do smaller, more obscures. Like, the what's the biggest thing he's done since then? Like, Milk or, I mean, yeah. Promised Land was a bust, right? I mean, there's not, there's not many of these at that point.
1: Yeah, did I mean, you see um, Rest, what was it called? Restless,
2: restless. Yeah, I saw restless. Is that with what's his, it's someone's son? Like Dennis
1: Hopper's kid is like one of those. Oh yeah, Henry Hopper. That's right. That's who it is. Him and, um, um,
2: and Wasikowska, right?
1: Yeah, Mia Valkowska, Um Yeah, that was a I would say more of a um, like a fascinating disaster movie. I
0: don't think it's very good at all, but uh, it's its own beast. I think. I didn't see the sea of trees, but I heard horrible, horrible, horrible things about it.
2: Yeah, yeah I mean, looking only, at- That's the only thing, I, I know the premise, I know it has McConaughey, and would Watanabe, and I know people don't like it. That's the extent that I know of the yeah. sea of trees.
0: I mean, you know, you look at his filmography and he does seem like someone who, who wants to challenge himself regularly, you know, and psycho is if nothing else, a challenge, like to see if he is, can capture this same vibe. Um, And so, which is why you get to something like a finding Forrester and, and you know what, let's, let's go ahead and say it's, it's, it's really great. And and I, and maybe for the type of film that it is, uh, it's very effective, but it definitely doesn't seem like it would be much of a challenge for him sure as opposed yeah. to something like last days uh or jerry or or even you know psycho um and and maybe even maybe even to die for is a bit of a challenge as well like seeing like can i take can i take this uh rather tragic story and and make it seem like trashy fun and and really emphasize the fun um without o- without overextending myself and and underplaying the 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 sadness and pathetic quality of it um and that, so i think that, maybe that that's fits like that, that fits that middle part where it's like i'm
2: doing my thing but it's also something that has a bigger scale to it and i have a big yeah. star attached to it and whatnot. it's that balance where and so and that was like a not a breakout because he already broke out of like other, you know, not necessarily on like a, on a big mainstream scale, but he's certainly like a name at that point. But yeah, to die for was like something of a coming out party, as far as like, hey, this is a guy you should be watching. Like, you know, see some of those films.
1: Well. I could I talk know, movies on that, uh, yeah. but yeah, uh, we do have to have to wrap up. Uh, anything else on your on your list, uh, Aaron? That you're gonna you're gonna blow us away with? Uh, I mean,
2: I watched all of George Miller's films, including the Mad Max quadrilogy, which we've all seen, of course, right? Yeah, we've all seen all of, all seen of all course, of the, Mad
1: movies. Yeah. Max. yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, I, I could just be rattling off titles, so nothing significant yeah. at that point. I, I I wanted to mention Come to Daddy because like this is a surprise. Like that's just going hmm. nowhere.
1: Well, um, we'll have to have you back uh, another four and a half months into us all still being safer at home because it's never, ever going to end. And we'll talk about the other things that have come out uh in the meantime you can find us at battleship pretension.com you can uh follow you can email us at david at her or tyler battleship pretension.com uh you can follow me on twitter at davy pretension i'd tell you all the movies i reviewed this week but this episode is actually going up we're recording this episode rather early um so just
0: fine i've reviewed a bunch of shit. it's all i on thought you website. were gonna say i would tell i would say all the names but this episode's already long enough yeah because you've reviewed so much
1: Uh, Yeah, it was. I I don't know what uh, I think. I want like when everything was coming out in theaters. I feel like people were maybe very aware of what other things were coming out, and now maybe there's less awareness of that, and so it happens where in the space of a week, a ton of movies that appealed to me (laughs) like came out at the same time. Um, But uh, uh, I'm not sure uh, how that happened. But yeah, find all those reviews. Uh, What was I gonna say? Follow Tyler on Twitter at Tyler Pretension. Tyler, do you have anything to plug?
0: Yeah, over at morethanonelesson.com, there is a new uh, episode of my podcast. This one is not about movies, but it is uh, important. And it's basically explores the nature of forgiveness, what it is, what it looks like, how to do it and the benefit of it. Um, And so uh, I enjoyed doing that episode, but it can get pretty heavy at times, but uh, I, you know, Obviously, it's a Christian show, so there's going to be that element to it, but it doesn't have to be uh, exclusively that. So um, so do check that out at morethanonelesson.com. And then do also check out the uh, uh, the documentary, Real Redemption, The Rise of Christian Cinema, starring one Aaron Neuwirth and uh, <laughs> recently accepted to the Canadian International Faith and Film Festival. So Ooh, that's, that's exciting. That's three film festivals that... I'm very excited that they chose the film. I wouldn't say honored, <laughs> um, but uh, but it's it's fun to get uh, that level of exposure.
2: The CIFF, I mean, that's something right there. See, <laughs> it's the CIFFF, I believe. I, I thought I was. I wanted to get it in quickly. <laughs> yeah,
1: because yeah. wait, yeah. wouldn't Chicago would be C I Chicago International yes. Film festival. Is that what it's yes. called? Right? I believe so. Yeah. And there's also, as we know, as former Chicagoans, uh, the cool kids go to Cuff, the Chicago Underground Film Festival. That's right. That was always a a big deal every year. Um, Aaron, where can people find you? What do you have to plug? Uh, You know what? I have an
2: exclusive I can plug for you right now. Oh Oh, shit! uh, Exclusives. by the time this come this episode comes out the article will already be online but it will be in print i think before this episode drops i um i got brought into uh, variety to do some freelance work oh and fantastic my, my first article posts i did, did an interview with the director of peninsula the sequel to train to basan uh so that's going to be up T- tomorrow from the time of this recording um so I, I'm, I'm very excited about that and um, that's congratulations
1: and everybody head to yeah. their newsstands and get
2: uh, pick up variety yeah the august 18th issue apparently is when it will be in there and um in addition to that i regular review for we i do weekly reviews over there i generally do a bunch of reviews in one post because there's so many like you mentioned, Dave, there's so many things coming out on VOD. So I, yeah. I just, I, I see a bunch of movies and I don't want to write like so many reviews for all of these. So I just kind of put it into one big post.
1: I forget um, to, I
2: forget to ask about the other movies. That come out. Did you see red penguins? No, I did not see red. I saw the, I saw, I got the invites or whatever for it, but I didn't see it. Ton of fun. Worthwhile. Ton of fun. Okay. Yeah. I'll keep that in mind. I'll, I'll find that email, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, right there. We, we entertainment. I uh, host a podcast of my own, with my friend Abe. It is called out now with Aaron and Abe. We talk about new releases and other things. Given this pandemic, we've been trying to get really creative and have fun with the podcast since things are kind of changing as far as how we've generally done the show. And we do commentary tracks every month as well, which are a lot of fun. We're doing enter the dragon this month because Ooh. of the big Bruce Lee box set that came out on criterion. And oh, yeah, um, I thought
1: it was because of RIP John Saxon.
2: It, it we know right. we were talking about that the day before he passed away, we were like, let's do Enter the Dragon for the commentary. And then the day you know, day later, John Saxon passed away. It's like, oh boy, well that that that's timely, I suppose. But how sad because mm-hmm. I mean, not much like Wolverine. He's like he was up there. I get it, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it's like, well, that was unexpected. Yeah. Um But yeah, that's our our show out now. There, on of the podcast there, and um, on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Well,
1: thank you again for being here, Aaron. And thank you for Thank you everyone at home for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.